are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona State Sun Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Today we're going to be talking about an award that Case Hatch has been nominated for as a fullback. You never really see that. ASU also completed their last scrimmage against St. Mary's. We're going to take a look at the box score and dive into those numbers. And then for our last segment, we're going to be talking about ASU and USC getting put in the primetime slot for hashtag Pac-12 After Dark. Thank you so much for making us your first listen today. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode of Locked On Sun Devils is also brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. Richie, it is a Wednesday. We are getting closer and closer to a game against USC. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Anytime I, I say that out loud, I think of the game that we watched last year when we only had four games to play and the heartbreaking loss that Keaton Slovis gave us right at the end of the game. So when you hear USC versus ASU, what does that mean to you? It means a rivalry game that more often than not feels like it tilts in the Trojans' favor. I'm hoping that this can be different. And last year it felt like it was going to be different. This was the breakout game for Chip Traynham, if you can remember. He he was running all over the place. He was running like just like a bull in a china shop. Way to wait a whopping one game of his career for that to happen. Yeah, and I mean it was worth every penny. But unfortunately, the defense let Keaton Slovis and the rest of that offense get back into that game. And we lost a heartbreaking game. I remember exactly where I was. Funny enough, you were with me over at my godparents' house watching the game throwing darts at the dartboard. I so, thought you meant uh, Jaden Daniels was throwing darts. I mean, Jaden was solid that game, I'm pretty sure. They did celebrate too soon on the sidelines. Yes, they did. They, they absolutely were put, taking their foot off the gas. And in, instead of keeping it on their throats, they were like, oh, man, what a great way to start our year. What a good victory, blah, blah, blah. And they ended up getting caught with their pants around their ankles and just taken behind the woodshed and spanked for the remainder of the game. So hopefully there's a different outcome this time around. Well, there's definitely a little bit of truth to that. Definitely a lot of sarcasm. That was uh, some people's opinions of that game. But anyways... Uh, remember to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Cedrios and find Richie Bradshaw at RichieBrads36 with the Z. Follow our Twitter page as well. We're going to be at LO underscore Sun Devils. Uh, never miss an episode of our content. You can find us just about anywhere you get your podcast. So it can be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, or the Odyssey app. But for this first segment, we're going to be talking about Case Hatch. And if you are asking yourself, who the heck is Case Hatch and why are we talking about him on this podcast? Well, first of all, that's because he's a Sun Devil, so he's relevant to the show. But second of all, he was nominated for a trophy that's essentially only been around since 2010, but it's the Burlesworth Trophy. So why this matters is it's an award given to the best walk-on player in the nation. Do I think that he's going to win it as a fullback? Probably not. But at the same time, the fact that a fullback that doesn't get enough attention from their own team or their fans and the nation's recognizing him, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, first of all, fullbacks matter. Second of all, any, any Arizona State player that gets any kind of recognition should be praised by the fans and the media and everybody that lives in the Valley, and that includes me and Connor. We should definitely be giving Mr. Hatch a little more attention and a little more love on this podcast. I'll be sure to sit down and actually 
watch him more carefully, but should it be that much of a surprise with how good this run game has been that we just so happen to have a really good fullback? No. With an, with an offense that's running the ball as well as any other team in the nation and arguably the best in the Pac-12, it shouldn't be a surprise that we have a fullback who is an outstanding player, helps move the chains, and really just does all the dirty work for you. Yeah, we definitely need to give a lot more appreciation to Mr. Hatch. And, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's awesome for the national media to be recognizing him. It just, it's, it's heartwarming. It makes me feel good. It makes you feel good. It should make everyone that is an Arizona State Sun Devil feel good. And it's even even more special that it's a fullback. Case Hatchet is seriously the best Sun Devil player on this team you have not heard of. As Richie had mentioned before, our, our running game is so good, partially because we have a really solid offensive line and very talented running backs. But at the same time, like Hatch is burying people every single game. He makes blocks that not a lot of guys are willing to stick in their nose and absolutely get in there mm-hmm. and make that play for their team. But Hatch does it consistently. If you're trying to look up the box score and see what he's doing on a week-to-week basis, you're not going to be impressed because that is not his game. He's not necessarily getting handoffs. He's not catching passes uh, or scoring touchdowns per se. But Hatch is a huge reason why this run game has been so efficient this year. Uh, if you're talking about like this award, why does that even matter? I haven't even heard of the Burlesworth Trophy. Uh, again, it's only been around since 2010, so it's a newer trophy. Uh, but some other notable names, uh, Baker Mayfield, who won it twice, uh, Clemson wide receiver Hunter Renfro and Penn State quarterback Matt McGloin. So there are some notable players to win this award. Do I think, again, he's going to win as a running back? Potentially not. I haven't looked up who else is uh, in contention to win this award. But as a fullback on a team in the Pac-12 where the Pac-12 doesn't get a ton of looks as it is, um, outstanding job for Case Hatch. Just want to point out real quick, too, for another winner, uh, Pac-12 Former Pac-12 standout, Washington State gunslinger quarterback oh. Luke Falk. Oh, very nice. Was also a a winner of the Burlesworth Trophy. When a, a lot of these Sun Devils start to lead these, the, this team over the next year or two, you're going to notice uh, Hatch's absence. I, I wouldn't say almost more than anybody. You really do have a lot of key positions leaving. Uh, definitely sooner rather than later. But in terms of even like a fullback, you're not going to find anybody very soon to replace this guy. Uh, and again, if the, the running game does take a dip, uh, even without a Rashad White, you're still going to have talented guys like Chip Traynum and uh, uh, Daniel Nagata next year. Uh, but when you are missing Hatch at some point, it's going to be very noticeable for this team. Yeah, like I said, this isn't a guy that I have particularly taken a big notice of. And that's on me. And it's a, it's, it's a guy that I plan to watch a lot more closely moving forward, especially knowing how good the run game has been. He's definitely been an unsung hero. But that that changes now. This podcast is going to stand uh, uh, case hatch moving forward. Just unacceptable on our part that we haven't given him enough love. That changes. Fullbacks matter, people. Fullbacks matter. So that is case hatch uh, potentially winning the Burlesworth Trophy. Stick with us for our next segment. We're going to be breaking down the ASU basketball game against St. Mary's and kind of how that's going to translate into this upcoming season. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Attention college football fanatics. Have you guys heard of Price Picks yet? Well, let me tell you. It's daily fantasy made easy. I love it, and I know you're going to love it too. Price Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy with more college football props than anyone in the whole world has to offer. 
including the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid-major players you might not have even ever heard of. Price Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. All new users at the deposit and use the promo code Locked On will receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to that $100. So make sure you use that promo code Locked On and get an extra $100 when you deposit $100. Here's how it works. Pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections. You can win up to 10 times on any entry, and the best part is it's just you versus projected numbers. Price Picks also allows mixed sports entries, so you can take the over on LeBron James, combine it with the under on Patrick Mahomes in the exact same entry. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is also safe and offers fast withdrawal, so don't hesitate. Check out PricePicks.com. Remember to use that promo code Locked On. Or go to the App Store and download the app today. Price Picks. Daily Fantasy made easy. This episode of Locked On Sun Devils is brought to you by McDonald's. Proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can just come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. It was always a favorite of mine playing Little League Baseball. After every single game, my parents would take me to McDonald's afterwards, uh, and those are memories I cherish and hold on to to this day. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect, and remember, I'm loving it. Welcome back to the second segment of the Lockdown Sun Devils podcast. Remember, we are free and available on all platforms. Richie, we are getting closer and closer to the basketball season. Uh, ASU had uh, essentially played their last scrimmage game against St. Mary's last night. It wasn't particularly close, but I don't know about you, reading into preseason anything, I don't want to say it leaves a bad taste in my mouth, it just, it doesn't mean anything to me until it's real. So so as an example, like last night's game uh, ended in a Sun Devils victory at 108 to 41. Does that just give you the most confidence in the world going into the season? I mean, what I will tell you is is you love to see your team win big against teams that they're supposed to win big. Like, Arizona State's football team should be taking notes on what the basketball team just did to Portland. Because I wish that the Sun Devils football team just doesn't blow out teams the way that you wish they would, whereas the basketball team took care of business the way they were supposed to. And considering we we've been talking about how there's a lot of new faces to this program with Remy Martin and others departing, whether it was for the NBA draft or transfer or otherwise. I mean, it's just, it it was really important for you to come out and put out big points. And I know that it's only a scrimmage. I understand that it's a very small school, but this is what you were supposed to do. I'm happy with the product. I, I truly am. Like, I'm not saying we're world beaters. I'm not saying that we're favorites of the Pac-12. I'm not saying that we're, we're anything more than a solid team. I'm just happy that they took care of business the way they were supposed to. No, totally. We, we have a, a segment dedicated to this game. And like hypothetically, if it was a close, like St. Catherine had almost beat them or they actually did beat ASU, our tone's completely different. It's, a, it's oh my God, I can't believe they lost to St. Catherine. Like, I understand it's a... a what is a essentially a preseason game, but like I don't understand how you can lose that game. But you you said it perfectly. They did exactly what they're supposed to do. It just doesn't necessarily get me excited. But there's not really a way 
for that to happen in this kind of a situation. Uh, we do have a couple stats to really reference. Uh, so essentially this article where the stats are coming from is written by one of our favorite, uh, one of our favorite essentially guests who join us on the podcast almost weekly, it feels like. Uh, but Donnie Druin at, at Sun Devils for Sports Illustrated, uh, giving us a, a few different nuggets here. But essentially, ASU shot 40%, completing 39 of their 82 shots. Uh, and here's my favorite, at least 14 of 34 from behind the arc for a team shooting percentage of about 41%. Once you hit about 40% as a player, I mean, that, that's pretty good. Your elite of elite definitely start to push that in any given year. Uh, but as a team, they were shooting well. Uh, we'll touch on essentially who was kind of leading the way there uh, a little bit more. The starting team was guard DJ Horn, who we, I don't believe we expect to be a starter uh, towards the beginning of the season, at least. Uh, but otherwise, Luther Muhammad and Marion Jackson, uh, both transfer players we do expect to start. Uh, forward Kamani uh, Lawrence, and then forward Alonzo Gaffney uh, also playing as well. Uh, eight players had 18 minutes or more, aside from the five starters that we just mentioned above, uh, as well as guards Jay Heath, who I, I believe he went four for five uh, from deep, so that was great to see. Uh, and then both forwards Jalen Graham uh, and Jemiah Neal played nearly half of the basketball game. Real quick, I, I do want to make an amendment. I said that we played Portland. They played, what was St. Catherine? St. Catherine, we played Portland next Tuesday. That's their first official game. Yeah, so that's my mistake. I want to go ahead and just amend that now because as soon as you said St. Catherine, I just kind of gave you a look of like, oh, man. Connor, I Connor doesn't know what he's talking about. Man, no, 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 no. I'm sitting there. I'm like, I look stupid on the podcast. That's Connor's job. He's the one who's supposed to look stupid on the, con- uh, on the podcast, not me. Every other day. Yeah, I, I guess it does kind of rotate, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. But I do love seeing that we were able to get a lot of guys involved. Again, take this with a grain of salt because it's just a scrimmage. But getting eight guys to play 18 or more minutes in 40-minute basketball games. So that really is awesome to see that you're getting all your guys involved and you're getting them very valuable minutes. And it, again, uh, or not again, but I, I want to stress the importance of this right now. We're coming off one of the craziest years for college basketball and college sports in the whole world because of this pandemic. So getting these guys the, all the minutes that they need in order to, to come back into this game stronger than ever, there, there's a lot of chemistry that needs to be built too because there's so many new faces here. I like that they're getting all these guys involved, getting as many guys on the court as much as possible. There was a ninth player on there that we were looking at who had 11 minutes. Uh, oh, God, I can't remember how to pronounce That's, his it's name. It's the center. It's uh, uh, Boache. Boache, yes. Enoch Boache. So it was good that he also got 11 minutes out there. So that gave you nine. No, two, four, six, seven, eight. Nine, yeah, nine. He had nine players out there that had uh, double-digit minutes. So I, I just i am very happy with that to know that we're getting as many guys out there as possible with as many minutes as possible so that they can get as as much work on the court as they can with a week to go before the season kicks off against Portland, not St. Catherine. Yeah, I, I definitely like to reference Boache. Um, one of their, their star players that they feel like they're, they're going to be able to rely on going forward, even as a freshman. Um, I'm at least curious how he's going to develop, um, if he can truly be a dominant offensive player at the center position. Uh, we'll, we'll see how that f- unfolds later on. I mean, you only had three uh, attempts, uh, essentially, throughout the game, but only in 11 minutes as well. So we'll see how they continue to use him going forward. Uh, and then also, I think it was Marcus Bagley uh, was notably out of this game as well. 
Uh, but the coaching staff, Bobby Hurley, was quoted saying he believes he's going to be ready come next Tuesday against Portland. Uh, so that was essentially the beatdown against St. Catherine. As Richie alluded to earlier, this is exactly what the Sun Devils were supposed to do. We can't sit here and like clap for them because you essentially just did your job. You, you don't get praised for just doing your job. But at the same time, it, it's much it's a much better story to, to say it that way versus like, I can't believe they played pretty close to St. Catherine. So uh, definitely good to see multiple players get involved. Uh, we'll see how the Sun Devils team can be competitive over the next couple weeks. Um, in my opinion, unless you're playing like a legit top 25 team uh, and playing some real consistent teams, uh, I, I'm not too big on games until we hit conference play. Uh, but we'll see what the Sun Devils team is made of over the next couple weeks. Stick with us for our third and final segment. We're going to be talking about some prime time for the Sun Devils this upcoming weekend. You're listening to the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Hey guys, Richie Bradshaw here from the Locked on Sun Devils podcast. Are you guys still looking for a great tasting protein bar? Because I know that there are few and far between, but look no further. I got the answer for you. It's Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars for yourself to believe it and experience it. Most protein bars are chalky, waxy, or just plain hard to choke down, but a Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience and one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'll swear you're actually eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low in carb, low in calorie, low in fat, low in sugar, and high in protein. All the healthy benefits on top of just being purely delicious with so many different flavors. Another great thing about Built Bar is all the different mouth-watering flavors, including coconut, raspberry, coconut almond, salted caramel, so on and so forth. You got to try that double chocolate out, though. Let me tell you. Amazing. This month, Built Bar is coming out with new limited-time flavors every three to four days, so be sure to check their website often so you don't miss out on something that might interest you. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, postseason baseball, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you for sticking with us for the third and final segment of a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. We're going to be talking about some prime time that ASU at USC, their game got moved to 720 uh, on Saturday night. Well, I should say 720 uh, West Coast time or Pacific Standard time. Not not for anybody on the East Coast listening to this podcast, but... Uh, like, the more important time. Like, again, West Coast, Best Coast. Yeah, the only the only time slot that matters, but... Yes. This is the hashtag Pac-12 after dark game. Like, there's multiple that happen generally every week, but at the same time, if there's one that's going to be watched, it's this nationally televised game for Arizona State. Uh, against USC. So looking at the overall standings, like they're not terribly far apart. ASU is five and three this year. USC is four and four. Uh, Obviously they've gone through their own struggles, whether it was injuries or their head coach getting fired. So 
they, they've had they've had a lot of adversity this season that not every team has to go through every single year. Uh, obviously, losing two starting quarterbacks at any given point, and now losing Drake London, uh, their stud wide receiver, it, it, it's a lot for USC to overcome. Meanwhile, they're still three and three uh, against conference opponents. Meanwhile, ASU is at three and two while remaining relatively healthy. So, Richie, when when I'm thinking of, of prime time against ASU and USC, uh, does this do anything for you in terms of like Pac-12? Not even just as not even as a Sun Devil fan. Let me tell you this: this has massive implications on the Pac-12 South. I want you to take a look at these rankings with me. Utah is at the top with a 5-3 and three record. Arizona State is right behind them, also with a 5-3 five, five and three record. Utah has the better conference record at 4-1. and one. Arizona State's at 3-2. and two. Utah also has the tiebreaker. Here's the thing. If Arizona State drops this game, if they lose, they go to 5-4. and four. They will plummet to third ahead of UCLA only because UCLA is on a bye week. Actually, no, they would go to fourth because UCLA uh, would have a better record. Well, no, we'd both you're, be you're three right. three. You're right. UCLA would go to fourth, we go to third, and USC would jump up to two. Although I don't remember if UCLA and USC played each other. Because if there's a, a scenario where uh, UCLA beat USC and we've all beat each other, it, it probably goes directly to... Um, well, conference record. USC would have four wins compared to the rest of us would have three. Yep, that's a good point as well. So USC would shoot up from fourth all the way to second. ASU would drop to third and potentially to fourth. The good news is they can't do worse than fourth because Colorado is one and four in conference play, two and six on the year. U of A is zero and five in conference play and zero and eight on the year. Is that is that good news? Uh, it is good news because that means. The only possible way that we drop any lower is if we lose out and Colorado wins the rest of their games, <laughs> which is not going to happen. So that that's that's worst case scenario is we end up in fourth place. But there you go. Even more pressure to win this game. And if there wasn't enough already, being USC and how much you hate USC and how much you would love to humble them and take them down, even even though it's a banged-up team and it's not as talented as they normally are and they're missing consistency at head coach because they fired Helton earlier in the year, this is still a USC team that you need to take very seriously because they can put up points in bunches. I'm taking them seriously. Arizona State should take them seriously. And once again, it's just like we've talked about for the remainder of the year where you, you can't afford to lose any games. You can't afford to lose any games here. Like, is it is it too late to take Washington State seriously or no? Uh, it It is too late, unfortunately, and I wish that they did. But we had mentioned that Arizona State could afford one more loss within the last five games of the year. Well, they had that loss against Washington State. So now you got to win out. And the bad news is you're probably not going to win out. But if you plan on getting the shit back on track, it starts with USC. I like the fact you were highlighting pressure because, seriously, like, they, they can talk about uh, how they're going to handle that going forward. Like, you're coming off of two terrible losses. It is against a team where you probably honestly have a lot of kids on this team that are from the California area and really don't like USC. Uh, probably want to beat them for one reason or another. And the fact that ASU uh, definitely considers them a big rival in the Pac-12 South. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to win this game. And the fact that the pressure is all mounting, I, I'm not sure this ASU team has what it takes. Uh, and just putting the game in prime time just does not seem to help. We'll see if they're going to be able to take care of business, but at the same time, 
I, I think you're right. If they do lose this game, at this point, you're probably giving away too many tiebreakers. Not that I'm worried about USC winning the conference per se, but at the same time, if you have to keep climbing over more teams and you're running out of games, that's not a recipe for success. It's just, you can't afford this anymore. If you are serious about contending for the South, which somehow, some way isn't out of reach, you need to win out. You can't give up this game against USC. You just can't do it. And now, as if there wasn't enough pressure, like you said, it's on primetime. So while we could say the whole country's going to be watching you, that game is kicking off at, um, what's it end up being, 10-20 on the East Coast. Someone will be watching it over there. Someone who doesn't have a life like me and you will be watching that game. Most people will be going to bed because the East Coast doesn't care about the best coast. But you got you got the spotlight on you. And you have struggled over the last few weeks. You're 0-2 over the last three weeks, including your bye week. And these are big, big games that you've blown. Don't let USC become another big game that you give away. You cannot let it happen for for a lot of reasons, but if for no other reason than for your pride. Let's start there. You need to hold on to the pride that you have as a football organization. If you continue to lose games, you're going to lose your macho, you're going to lose your mojo, and it's going to end up tearing down what you're trying to build up for this season. You lose this game, I I don't even know what to do. I don't know what to say. I'm not saying the season's over, but what I am telling you is, I mean, you you go from contending for the South to, like, uh, the most forgettable bowl game possible. Not even the Sun Bowl. I don't know if we're good enough for the Sun Bowl if we lose this game, which, again, should be the Sun Devil Bowl at this point because it feels like we're there every other year. But that's neither here nor there. So here's kind of like the best case scenario. Like it's not so much that you have to win to just be relevant. Uh, obviously, that is the goal. It's what they're trying to accomplish. But like if you if Utah beats Stanford this weekend, they're going to remain one game ahead of you, even if you beat USC. And remember, you cannot tie with them at the end of the year because you don't have that tiebreaker. So you have to essentially uh, have two more wins than Utah in the last four games of the season. Meanwhile, Utah has both Arizona and Colorado which might as well be two guaranteed wins. Uh, so that means that you you really just have to win out. But like, if Utah loses to Stanford this week and you beat USC, you would both move to four and two in the conference. Uh, but again, you're tied with them. They still have the tiebreaker over you. Uh, they still have to play Oregon. But that's the same exact week that we have to play at Oregon State, which could be a win. But I, I, as we talked about on yesterday's podcast, we feel like that's the hardest remaining game on the schedule. Uh, so you would essentially have to win all of your games, including the game in Corvallis, at, for both Utah to lose to Stanford and Oregon uh, when those games come up, just for you to win the South. Yeah, but we, we uh, at this point, I think me and you have been guilty of this too. It's no longer about looking ahead. We can't look ahead to the game of Corvallis. We can't look ahead to taking on our, our in-state rivals. Right now, we need to focus on USC. I think that we were looking ahead with Washington State because we had them at home and they're a hit-and-miss team. And we were looking ahead to the other games that were going to be more difficult and we got caught with our pants down and we got embarrassed. So no more looking ahead. We need to look at the game that's happening this week. 
we need to do it and the football team needs to do it. And that that's that's your bottom line. We need to focus in. We should be giving all of our attention to the USC Trojans. No matter how beat up they are, no matter how devoid of coaching leadership they are, we need to be dialed in and focused on taking down the Trojans this week on primetime with the whole world watching. It's time to send a message that we've been down, but we're not out. Very well put, my co-host. Thank you so much for making us, uh, again, your first listen today. Uh, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Cedrios and find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Uh, follow our Twitter page at LO underscore Sundevils, where we give you uh, prime meme and stat content throughout the week. Uh, also, subscribe to our content uh, on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and the Odyssey app, and never miss any of our episodes Monday through Friday. Now make your second listen of the week, or at least the day, uh, Locked on Pac-12, where you get all of your news in less than 30 minutes with Pac-12 expert Cindy Robinson. Keep it locked on with the Locked on Sun Devils podcast.